Hi, it's DeWire. Money1776.com, a free site. Always 1776.com, a free site. Let's talk about some economic matters. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. It's August 28th, 2022. Student loans. Let me just point out that I don't believe the student loan order by President Joe Biden is going to hold. I believe it's unconstitutional. I believe it lacks support, right? The legal basis for the order, which Biden bypassed Congress to issue is the HEROES Act of 2003. <clears throat> now, the HEROES Act of 2003 <clears throat> gives a president some authority in times of emergency to forgive debt. Let me just point out that it's hard for a court looking at this, and we have a conservative Supreme Court now in the United States, it's very hard for a court looking at this to feel that there's a financial emergency given that the administration itself is telling us that we're not in a recession, right? We know that's not true, but that's their claim, right? Also, it's hard to hang this on COVID given that the CDC in the United States has relaxed restrictions. You can now travel around the country uh, by air without wearing a mask, right? We're too far into the COVID saga to believe that an emergency exists now in late August of 2022. Let's be clear too. If you're like me, you have some friends who are giddy with excitement right, who feel that this is overdue, who can't believe that Joe Biden took so long to forgive some student debt. Folks, the reality, and that's what we're looking at, because where you make profits, where you make shrewd moves, is in figuring out the bubbles. And the thought that this is overdue is a bubble. The reality is that Joe Biden does not have the votes in Congress to pass this through Congress. If he did, we wouldn't be playing this game, right, of bypassing Congress, relying on a 9-11 act, right? No, we wouldn't be playing this game. Biden would simply do a power play. He'd say to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, he'd say, look, Chuck, I need this done, right? Democrats supposedly have majorities in the House and Senate, right? They would just pass this. The Republicans would be fuming, but it would pass, right? There wouldn't be a court case. We wouldn't be talking about the HEROES Act of 2003. So folks, 
expect this to be thrown out. This strikes me as more of an election year gambit than it does actual legislation, right? Expect the student loan gambit to be thrown out. Expect a legal challenge and expect our judicial system to say, Mr. President, you have overstepped your authority. Understand if you go by the Wharton School of Business, for example, right, you're going to find out that there are some out there who believe that this is going to cost the United States more than a trillion dollars. You cannot have the President of the United States unilaterally making decisions that cost taxpayers a trillion dollars. Also, let's face it too, in terms of fairness, this student loan order is sketchy at best. You mean to tell me that if I make a decision not to go to college because it's too expensive, to go instead into the United States military, or to go work on a construction site someplace, or to learn plumbing, or some trade, you mean to tell me that I'm supposed to now pay the student loan bill that you yourself didn't pay, your student loan bill? Folks, I'm expecting some Democrats <clears throat> in some centrist to red areas who are seeking re-election to break with the party. Right? They know there's a crowd out there that really had to lose a kidney to put their own kids through college really had to sacrifice. You have people out there who aren't living in the neighborhood they wanted to live in because they had to sacrifice to put their kids through college or to put themselves through college. And now you're trying to have them pay for your unpaid student loan? Folks, that's not going to work. I'm expecting this student loan forgiveness order to die in court. Let's go further, right? Let's open up a new narrative that I want people to think about hard, right? Let's change the dynamic here. If you're in the United Kingdom, in the comment section of this video, tell us about the current situation with electricity costs. What are you paying? How much have the costs jumped? Right, folks, this is a story that should be on the front page. Not the second page, not the fifth page, not the tenth page. I can tell you the last two months, right? And folks, I don't live in a mansion. Far from it. The last two months, my electrical bill, and I'm here in California, has averaged more than $400 a month. Right, folks, I'm not here running a lot of electrical appliances, Let's also think this through. 
understand that homeowners and renters have some leeway. The law makes it very hard for a lender to foreclose on a non-paying homeowner. And we'll put the word homeowner in parentheses, right? Because they call you a homeowner, but who really owns your home? You or the lender, right? Most people buy their homes on leverage. They have to finance the house, right? Some homeowners have out a first, have out a second, right? But for this conversation, we'll call you the homeowner. Just understand, if you don't pay your mortgage bill, there are rules in place that these loving politicians who want your vote have put in place where the lender really has to jump through hoops to foreclose, to get that house back from you. Understand, if you're a renter, <clears throat> it takes a lot. There's something called the warranty of habitability, right? If you don't pay your rent in some areas, L.A., for example, until recently, perhaps still now, the landlord couldn't evict you right? Because of all this COVID legislation. Understand without COVID, here in the Bay Area, there's a game that tenants play where they say, hey, man, my, you know, there's a leak in my roof. You're going to have to jump through hoops to evict me. So if there's a bill that people will let slide in very tough times, it's going to be that rent bill. Understand, folks, you don't have that option when it comes to electricity, when it comes to energy. Right? Let's say it's November. Let's say you're in New York City. Let's say that the temperatures have dropped. Outside, it's 30, 40 degrees, right? Let's say you have kids. Let's say they're anywhere from first grade to 12th grade, right, folks? I'm just telling you, you don't pay that gas bill. You don't pay that electricity bill. They'll cut you off. If they cut you off, then you're dealing with a situation of a house or an apartment that's going to be 30 to 40 degrees. Folks, it's going to be unlivable. Right, folks? They'll cut you off quick. You'll get something in the mail. It'll say... Warning, if you don't pay your bill by the 28th of this month, my word's not theirs. We're cutting you off. Now, right now, <clears throat> in the United Kingdom, electricity costs have skyrocketed. Right, skyrocketed. Here in the United States, no one's talking about it. 
It's just not a sexy topic. Let me tell you what's happening in the United States. According to reports, one out of six people, one out of six is behind on their electricity bill. But we aren't talking to each other about it. Right? We think it's some personal issue involving our neighborhood. Right? I don't hear people saying, hey, uh, yo, Khaled, uh, what did you pay for your electric, your electric bill last month? But we're not talking about it. Folks, this issue is major. If one out of six are behind on their electricity bill, you're going to have people starting to get cut off. Cut off. Right, folks? The government is going to have to address this. It's more urgent than some unpaid student loan bill that you've had for 10 years. Right? This is urgent. You're at risk of being cut off next month. That neighborhood you live in that you love, it's a different experience when inside your home is 30 to 40 degrees. Different experience. Great neighborhood, you're freezing to death. Can't stay there. Right? Just be aware that the ongoing liquidity crisis will be kind here. Right? You and I know it's not a liquidity crisis, it's a solvency crisis. The ongoing solvency crisis is getting acute, isn't it? In the comment section of this video, if you're in Germany right now and you're dealing with gas prices, natural gas prices, if they're out of hand right now, Tell us about it in the comment section of this video. Understand how ridiculous things are. Russia invades the Ukraine without a safety net. And let's stop kidding ourselves about the state of green energy right now. Good luck with that windmill. Good luck with that solar panel. Folks, it's 2022. Neither is in a position to replace fossil fuels. I don't want to hear about some international economic group that's going to pretend that right now you can replace your fossil fuel dependency with wind and solar. And understand, I'm a silver investor, right? I got nothing against solar. Right, solar has put money in my pocket. One way to invest in solar is through silver, right? Because silver is used in solar panels and things like that. But just understand, wind power and solar power is not going to replace fossil fuels right now. So in Germany, they've been pretending like they can swap into green energy. Without a safety net, they decided to move away from Russian gas. If you're German, tell us about it. How's that working out for you?
Why are we even listening to elites? Shouldn't markets, market prices, determine the allocation of goods and services? Shouldn't that be determined by supply and demand? Why am I hearing from some group that has an agenda where I'm supposed to be getting my protein by eating bugs? Right, so let's just be real here, folks. There's an energy crisis. It's multinational. Some of the richest countries in the world, the United Kingdom, the United States, have something like one in six families unable to pay their electric bill. That's happening right now. Right, folks, some investments make themselves. If you know there's an energy crisis, isn't energy one of the places to invest? Warren Buffett right now has Berkshire Hathaway buying Oxy, Occidental Petroleum, hand over fist. I encourage everyone watching this video to Google it. Right, folks, I can tell you Exxon has been a great investment for me. Why? Because the world still needs oil and gas. When the President of the United States crosses the Atlantic to meet with Saudi officials to try to get Saudi Arabia to increase its oil and gas production, you understand the situation is acute, especially when we here in the United States are pretending to care about what happened to Khashoggi. Right? I need for people to figure out what's real and what's not. Student loan forgiveness, folks, that's not real. The energy crisis, that's real, that's ongoing. That's a challenge for the richest economies in the world. I don't even know how they're coping in emerging markets. Let's continue. Now, let me just say this, and it's going to sound completely ridiculous. I live in a middle-class neighborhood. Right? This is not Bel Air. This is not Beverly Hills. This is not Pacific Heights. Right? I live in a middle-class neighborhood. Now, it used to be when I was a kid that the cost of a home, and I want millennials and I want Generation Z to hear me, I want them to use their resources. Folks, you have the internet, you have resources that people with gray beards like me couldn't even envision growing up. Double check everything I say. It used to be that the cost of a house in middle-class neighborhoods throughout the United States 
was about three to four times the annual median income in an area. So if people in your area were making $100,000 a year, we'll pick a big number. You and I know that when I say $100,000 a year, that's not a middle-class income, right? That's middle-class plus, right? Let's say the people in your area were making $100,000 a year, right? Let me make another point too, right? You see this, dark skin, right? Today, in 2022, it's hard to find African-American communities or communities of people of color where the median income in an area is $100,000 a year. Let's just keep this real. But understand, in an area where people, and I'm picking round numbers, right? So people can quickly say, oh yeah, that's right. $100,000 a year. The homes in your area would cost $400,000, right? $400,000. Now, I live in West San Jose. I'm telling you it's a middle-class neighborhood. I'm telling you I go to the gym. Uh, teachers are at the gym. Um, you know, plumbers, construction workers, mailmen, right? That's really a big backbone of where I live. Right, folks, if you do Zillow searches, if you just do a few Google searches, you're going to find out that Northern California right now is so overpriced that the median income, excuse me, the median house price in my distinctly middle class area, right, and we're next to Saratoga, we're, we're close to some wealthy areas, but the median house price here is about $1.5 million. Understand, if you bought a house in this area in the late 1980s, chances are you paid about $200,000 for that house. You have a whole group of people, a whole group, older people, sitting on more than a million dollars worth of equity where I live. And again, Folks, I'm not living in, you know, even Saratoga, right? I'm living in what I consider to be a middle-class area. So understand at $100,000 median income, you would have to work 15 years, 15 years to pay for the median house where I live. Folks, that's unsustainable. What I want millennials to do, because we're coming out of a crackpot era, that's what it was, where the multiple just exploded, right? Simply exploded, where non-occupants of the house, groups like Blackstone started investing in single family residences. Why? Because it was outpacing the rest of the market. Right, folks, the problem is if you make the multiple on homes 15x, right, 15 times the median annual income for the area, 
then that prices out millennials, that prices out anyone without a trust fund, that turns middle-class neighborhoods, right, middle-class neighborhoods into places where the median home is $1.5 million. So what I want people to contemplate, because now we have a Fed chairman with a backbone, Powell, let me applaud him. Interest rates have to readjust. Understand, if you don't have the readjustment in interest rates, you're going to have ongoing collapses and things like the pension fund market. Right? Pension funds need about 7% to be solvent. You want to have interest rates on bonds. And I'm talking about sovereign bonds, not even corporate bonds that carry more risk be about 5% minimum. You want to reward savers, not punish savers. You don't want overconsumption because that's going to lead to malinvestment. Right? So understand, when Powell says, hey, no, we're going to continue to jack up, my words, not his, the federal funds rate. I need for people to understand that that is going to jack up lending costs almost across the board. Because housing is a leveraged market, because people take out loans to buy houses, that's going to increase mortgage costs. The financing on homes is going to become much more expensive. So if you follow the San Jose housing market, just understand that housing prices here are dropping. For us to get back to where we were in the early 1970s, Right, this market in terms of today's dollars would have to go from a house, median house here, being about $1.5 million, dropping all the way down to assuming $100,000 median income, let's say a 4X multiple, it would have to drop down to about $400,000 a house. Understand when older people are talking to you about the value of buying a house, you need to realize that back then you could buy a house and still have money to do other things. Send your kids to college. Go on vacations. Right? Actually remodel the house. When the multiple is 15x, as it is in many areas throughout the United States, you can't do that, right? Just understand you're going to have major price adjustments taking place throughout the United States. Now, I talk with people. I have a real estate broker's license. I got it because I used to represent some brokers. Right? I thought, hey, as a marketing tool, why, why not? 
right? I have a different career, but I thought, okay, let me get a broker's license. I talk with brokers from time to time, right? I'm a member of Silvar, a Silicon Valley real estate group here in Silicon Valley. I just, I just want people to understand that the situation right now is sheer madness. People can't afford electricity. People can't pay off their student debt. And yet the median home in the area is going at $1.5 million. Folks, that is unsustainable. So I talk with people and they act like this downturn in housing is going to be some mild downturn. We'll bounce back. Right, folks? What I want folks to do is to listen to better investors than me. Listen to Kathy Wood of ARC. I believe, she believes, that we're headed into a period of deflation. Folks need to realize that the last three decades have been atypical. Right? I'm not kidding when I say that it used to be that you could actually get a condo in a wealthy area for a fraction of what it now costs to buy a house in a middle-class area like mine, right? So just understand the price adjustments are going to be severe. We're not talking about markets dropping 10%, 15%, right? Folks, think about numbers like 40%. Think about prices being flat for years in terms of nominal dollars, not even real dollars. That's where I believe we are. Understand, too, let's do the homework. The bond market, the debt market, is much bigger than the stock market. Right? On CNBC, you would think, oh, yeah, stocks, that's... That's the real economy. Folks, the stock market's not even as big as the bond market. Understand, too, Harry Dent, this is someone you need to look up, right? Harry Dent right now, in an era of, let's use government numbers, and we know they're fake. We know they're low, right? Let's say inflation right now is 8%, right? And I'm using government numbers. Understand the... Bond yields now are over 3%. If you're a player in the bond market, you know just getting over 3% is an accomplishment. Right? It's taken Fed hikes, 75 basis point Fed hikes. So it's now over 3%. I'm just telling you it's going to go a lot higher, as it should. Right? But understand, you have pundits like Harry Dent saying, hey, the bond market, which, of course, was ludicrous before, right? They were giving away money. You were paying like 2%. Excuse me. You were getting 2% interest on bonds. Understand, now the bond market, by getting up over 3%, has people like Harry Dent, who understands that 8 minus 3 is a negative 5%. You're losing 5%. Harry Dent is saying that the bond market is actually a safe haven compared to the stock market. 
In other words, he's telling you you're better off losing 5% than losing what you're going to lose. Inequities. Right, folks? I just want people to look at stock prices and to ask themselves whether on average these stocks are going to hold their current prices. Most are not. I want folks to look at well finance companies like Google and look at the pressure they're putting their workers under right now. Right, Google is telling workers, hey, we may need to cut back here. Think about Amazon. Amazon laid off not 10,000 people. They laid off 100,000 people in the last 12 months. 100,000 people. Right, folks, the job cuts are just getting started. Here in Silicon Valley, even these tech companies that know all about Zoom, know all about Microsoft Teams, right, can have people working all over the country. Many of them are saying, hey, if you don't come back to the office by this date, well, we regret to inform you that you might be without a job. Right, work at home, remote working, things that were popular during the pandemic. Folks, they're now not that popular with employers. And understand, too, workers now, before they were saying, man, I, do I even want to work at this company? During the pandemic, they were getting stimulus checks, right? They had, you know, landlord forbearance legislation in their favor. Now they realize, hey, I need the job. The employment market has suffered. That STEMI check has evaporated. Understand, if I'm right, that student loan forgiveness is going to be rolled back by the courts, understand it's a double whammy. Because soon the moratorium on paying your student loans is going to expire. Right? Given the state of the economy at a minimum, I believe the United States government is going to have to extend that moratorium. What really needs to happen, and you and I know this, this is the conversation we really need to have, is that student loan debt needs to once again be dischargeable in bankruptcy court. Right now it's not. Rather than give everyone with an unpaid student loan up to $10,000 in student loan relief, I should say everyone making less than $120,000 a year. What they need to do is to tailor it, where you have to go into court and show some financial insolvency. This belongs in bankruptcy court, not in some presidential order that's issued without the authorization of Congress. Finally, let me close with this. You have an asymmetrical situation that's coming up in just two weeks. Maybe the merge in Ethereum falls apart. That's a possibility, right? Lord knows 
uh, in the cryptoverse, you've had bugs, you've had hacks, right? You've had problems at times in the past. But what I want people to do is to contemplate the possibility that Ethereum's transition in the middle of September from proof of work to proof of stake proceeds flawlessly. Folks, it's an asymmetrical bet. I understand Ethereum has been getting battered in the last few days. But if that transition takes place flawlessly, and if DeFi reinflates, you're looking at a new paradigm. Someone someplace is going to figure out that the proof of stake Ethereum is deflationary. Right? If you're an investor, you need to keep a close eye on it. If you're a speculator like me, you want to buy the rumor. You may not even want to sell the news. Right? This could be the beginning of the next step in Ethereum's maturation. Right? Don't get me wrong. I prefer proof of work. I prefer Bitcoin long term, but I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist, right? This might be a situation where you're in a room and there's money on the corner of the room with a sign that says, you're welcome to it, investor. Anyway, that's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I do hope. People facing increased electricity costs in the United Kingdom, in the United States, right? People facing increased energy costs in Germany. Tell us about it in the comment section of this video. Enough with the censorship. Enough with, you know, the press seeing their role as some toll booth guardian. Right, let's hear directly from the source. Folks, I'm just telling you, the price increases in electricity are severe. You don't have the legal cushion that you have with, let's say, paying your mortgage. You just don't have that legal cushion. Right, that electrical company is going to say, hey, look, dude, you don't pay, you don't have. We're cutting you off. Families right now are in precarious positions. Precarious. Tell us about it in the comment section of this YouTube video. And my YouTube channel here is youtube.com slash DWYER70905. Thanks for stopping by.